0: Is this a holiday special, though? I don't know. It's not that special, is it, though? Yeah, but I'm on holiday. Well, call it that if you want. Well, let's just crack on, anyway. Running with Jake, the podcast. on this episode. Why, in your opinion, do you think there is such a kind of a, a real push on this whole breaking down the barriers of mental health now?
1: I think it's because it just affects so many of us. One in four of us will experience a mental health problem in our lives, you know, and I was... And still am one of those people, and and I always thought I wouldn't be that person. But mental health is all of us. Running with Jake, the podcast, because every runner needs the occasional
0: plot, And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to another episode of the Running with Jake podcast. This is not just any episode. This is <laughs> the holiday. Special. Well... <laughs> it is a holiday special, despite Pete the producer disputing that fact. I am on holiday. I didn't think I would be on holiday. That, for me, is a very special thing indeed. I can see a boat in the background on the... Um, and you're on a beat. You're on a beach on the video phone. What's going on? This is ridiculous. I, I, you well, see, I'm not happy about calling it the holiday special because I'm not on holiday. I'm sat here. It's chucking it down. Look where you are. Where are you? You're like the green-eyed monster, Pete. It's not good. You should be happy for me, my friend. We're finally here. It's awesome. I actually did a bit of a recce... This is my commitment to you and our listeners for the podcast. I did a bit of a recce of this beach yesterday. I mean, it's a hard life. I had to check that the signal was okay, then we're able to record. I had to find somewhere to, to make sure the acoustics were, were good. I wanted to make sure the audio quality was up to scratch. You know, we, we want to produce a professional show. We know the score here. It looks very peaceful, but knowing you, you, you're you running around and doing all that thing, or are you actually resting? Are you chilled? What's going on? Look, do you know what? A lot of people do ask about this and talk about this. And runners, if they're really committed, will know that actually when you're on holiday some people really enjoy running and and what is rest? Often it's a state of mind. Yes, of course, physical rest is important and we, we are running a little bit, Martina and I, but my girlfriend, but we're not going crazy. We wanted this holiday to give us some downtime so we are resting the body but we have banked a couple of runs. We're just eased off the pace. I'm tracking heart rate to make sure I'm not working too hard but you just feel so good for it and also if you run on holiday, for people listening to the show that do do a little bit of running on holiday, you feel virtuous. It's like you justify that tatsiki in the evening it's like I will have yes I will have an extra slice of Saganaki my friend thank you very much you know I ran five miles this morning if you need proof go check out Strava just search for Running With Jake but yes so we're doing a bit of running but we're not going too crazy because it's easy to just go a bit you know insane with things and not give yourself that downtime. we speak to a lot of professional athletes on the show don't we over the weeks that we've been recording this and they will say look you need that rest you can't just go full steam ahead all the time Uh, so just desperate for a holiday Desperate for a bit of a break, but it's great to be here. I can see in the background that Marty's having a rest, she's just lying there. Oh man, is she alive? Go and kick her. Do you know what? Seriously, bless is her. Is she all right? She's, she's all right. She's got move once. She, I, I will say, she works so hard with the uh, veterinary medicine, so she's uh, specializing in anesthesia. It's like a really tough journey for her. And I could, I, sh- I knew she was desperate for a holiday. And the <sighs> real sign for me, the telltale sign when I know Martina is at breaking point for a holiday, is when she starts to mix up her words even more than normal. And the classic one is kitchen and chicken she spends most saturday mornings cleaning the chicken honestly it is squeaky clean i can't wait for us to buy a house for that call she puts into ikea hi i just wondered if you could tell me do all your chickens come with a 15-year warranty running with jake the podcast your weekly dose of running motivation out every wednesday never miss an episode by subscribing now Oh, before you intro the guest, I've just got to check to make sure you're using Podcast Guru. Are you using that on holiday? Because obviously, uh, the problem with being on holiday and listening to podcasts and stuff, it chews up your data. But Podcast Guru won't do that because they don't have loads and loads of adverts that keep appearing. So your bandwidth is just for the podcast. Are you using... Have you got it it there? You know, one thing I haven't missed is you banging on about Podcast Guru. I must admit, (laughs) I've got two... I thought I was escaping that for two weeks. (laughs) We're on the front page just there. Look, we're still there. Just there. Yeah. Got it. Thanks. I see that. Got it. Thanks for the update, Pete appreciated as always always here for you (laughs) before i came away on holiday i caught up with mark west who's a run leader for run talk running southampton he is on a mission to change the way people think about mental health he is campaigning to break down the stigma he wants to use running as a vehicle to do this he's battled his own demons he's got his own story which we get into and it's a pleasure to talk to him on the show hey mark how you doing yeah really well jake
1: nice nice to talk to you at last
0: it's an insane year. I feel like every time I chat to somebody on the podcast at the moment, Mark, I'm starting by saying this. It's something we can't shy away from. I mean, has is is there ever been a more important time to put mental health under the spotlight, kind of break down these barriers? I mean, it's just, it's crazy at the moment for, for so many people,
1: isn't it? It is. and And that's a worry for me because, you know, mental health is so important to all of us, you know, um, the lives we lead, and obviously we're in unprecedented times. So all those feelings are, are exacerbated even further, and, and, and that's a worry um, at a time when, you know, there's a constant strain on the NHS, etc., cetera, um, and also on the mental health of people. And, and, and only yesterday, actually, I read a, an article on, uh, from the uh, Office of National Statistics that said in June 2019, uh, one in ten people said they were struggling with depression in June 2020, so this year, only two months ago, one in five people, so that's doubled and we need to be aware of that and we need to be working all together to help that and support those people. You're
0: obviously a a leader for Run Talk Run in Southampton which is a fantastic initiative which we'll talk about in a bit more detail a little bit later. But I was looking at their website and a quote from their website is talking about loneliness and how loneliness can contribute to, to mental health difficulties. And it gives a statistic that four in 10 people are depressed because they feel alone. And then I'm thinking, well, in 2020, it's even harder to have that connection with people. And I really feel for people that do uh, ex- not only experience loneliness, but almost like that feeling is uh, uh, exacerbated this year. I mean, it's just staggering,
1: isn't it? It is. And there are so many people that live alone, like you say, and there are so many people now that are working from home And that accentuates those feelings of loneliness. And that's why it's really important to have support networks and support groups out there that can help these people. Um, And more importantly, for people to understand that if they are struggling, and many people are, you don't need to struggle in silence. There are so many people, there are so many organisations that are out there that can help you find the support. And it's so important for all of us as well. We don't have to be experts in the field. Often listening is enough and often taking that first step and talking to somebody about how you feel is enough. And the first step is often the hardest. Of course it is. It's like being on the start line of a race. You know, the first step is the hardest. But you're on that start line. You start that journey. Um, and you find the support that you need.
0: I'm of a strong believer that there's so many people out there, and this is really putting a positive spin on the situation, that actually want to help. They do want to help but it's just making that connection and, and and being able to ask for help and this is a massive movement at the moment isn't it and it has been for quite a while now in terms of it's okay to not be okay you know let's let's kind of break down the, the stigma surrounding la- mental health let's talk more I saw a photo of you uh, in a t-shirt on your Instagram that said <laughs> it's okay to feel shit and it, and it really it really is. Where do you think this has come from? why in your opinion do you think there is such a kind of a, a real push on this whole breaking down the barriers of mental health now? Uh.
1: I think it's because it just affects so many of us. I think, I think the, the recent statistics, you know, prove that. And, 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 and I think I read somewhere that one in four of us will experience a mental health problem in our lives, you know, and I was and still am one of those people. And and I always thought I wouldn't be that person, but mental health is all of us. And and it's the same as our physical health. We look after our physical health. We look after our bodies. We need to be looking after our mental health as well. It, you know, at the end of the day, the, the brain is a muscle in the same way as your hamstring is a muscle. Um, and so it's important to take time out for those muscles and treat them in exactly the same way. But, look, there needs to be some parity with mental health and physical health. And we know they work you know, simultaneously they can really help and benefit each other. But but it's I think it's trying to help people to understand that you really aren't alone in this. And and as much as it's become a bit of a cliche now, you know, it's okay it really is okay not to be okay. We're sort of in this together. And I think what lockdown has done for once, you know, certainly in my lifetime, in most of our lifetimes, we really are all in the same position. So, actually, this could be a game changer in terms of mental health because it will be affecting so many of us. There will be so many people now that are being affected by men- their mental health or poor mental health for the first time ever. So, I think collectively, we can do something about that. And that can be just by listening to someone, directing them to the right sort of support, um, being an ear for somebody, uh, advising somebody. You know what what the next steps might be but but i think you know it's different for me because i I guess i'm in it and i I, and i have a very lived and real experience of depression and anxiety but the first step really is the biggest and sometimes it's helping those people make the first step
0: you're clearly so passionate about uh, being a champion for mental health and, and changing things the reason that we we reached out and got in contact with you is because i watched one of your videos which was so compelling and so moving and so authentic that having seen the stuff that you're putting out there and how passionate you are, we just had to get you on the show. This is a running show. This is your weekly dose of running motivation, but <laughs> so many people use running to enhance, improve their mental health, to to fight depression, to feel better about themselves. I think sometimes there can be a, a cost there. If they put themselves under too much pressure, um, then I think the very thing that they turn to to get themselves feeling better they almost use as a stick to beat themselves up you know I'm not as quick as I want to be I don't look like a proper and etc etc if it's okay with you I'd I'd love to hear more about your story Mark and what your experience is is it okay with your permission if we go there
1: yeah of course of course it is so so I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety in June 2018 and um, I, I thought I was always the person that wouldn't struggle with their mental health but now I realise, obviously, we can all struggle with our mental health. And, and it sort of crept up on me, really. Um, i would had a few things happen in my life, not, not, major, not major things necessarily, but I think it was just the build-up of various different events leading up to that point. And symptoms-wise, it was typical symptoms of depression. So um, I was crying uncontrollably um, a lot. Uh, withdrawing from friends and and sort of the world when I look back, uh, tr- having difficulty sleeping, etc. So sort of typical symptoms, and I and I did struggle a bit with panic attacks, um, which were very physical and and quite unpleasant. Um, so I went to the doctors. Um, I knew I needed help. I knew I needed professional help, um, and I walked through the door and just burst into tears. Um, and she and she said, many people come and see me and they say I'm depressed. I'm depressed. She said, you haven't said that. But she said, all the symptoms you describe are typical symptoms of depression. So it's a strange time, really, because you get a diagnosis. And I was diagnosed with clinical depression, and anxiety, and you're you're almost rubber stamped. And then you leave the doctor and then it's a process thing. So so you feel terrible in yourself. Um, You've almost been labeled. And then what do you do? Uh, so there is a lot of support out there. And, and um, I was given a prescription for medication and antidepressants, but they take time um, to start working. It can be up to six weeks, and obviously it varies. Everyone is different. Um, and then in the meantime, I was, I, I was fortunate enough, I was, I was able to see a counsellor, and uh, I had some CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy, and some group counselling. But I very quickly found that they just weren't for me. And they are for some people, these more conventional therapies, but they just weren't for me. But what I found was helping me was my running. Um, and that was brilliant because in many respects, it was what I knew, it was familiarity to me, um, and I could do it. It was something I could do, it was tangible, um, and, and it was very simply lacing my shoes up and putting one foot in front of the other. And, and and if it's one thing I've learned in my running over the years, it sort of always taught me to push forward, you know, particularly in those difficult times. Um, and it sort of cleared my mind. And I think as runners, we can all relate to that. And, and I started to feel better for it. So I did more of it. And, and in a strange way, it's sort of that time on my own. And, and I only ran by myself at that point. Um, that time by myself, it sort of helped me to process what was going on um, and meant that the illness wasn't controlling me. In fact, I felt in control of the illness. Does that make sense? Wow, it makes perfect uh, sense. Yeah, so, so so I carried on. And that's what I did. Um, and then, of course, the antidepressants do start to work and you start to feel better. But I was acutely aware that, you know, like with a lot of medication, uh, but particularly with antidepressants, that they, they only really mask what's going on. So it's really important during that time and during that period that you start to look at your life and your lifestyle and things that you can do. But but it's really that key sort of that, that first six weeks that was really the toughest because you feel sad that you're depressed and the depression in itself makes you feel terribly sad and you can feel very incredibly alone and isolated and that's why groups like Run Talk Run are so important because they're almost a segue or a place to go and it can be any kind of support group, peer support group, where you can talk openly about it whilst perhaps you're waiting for the medication to 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 work but but yeah so running running in a way saved me and in a way it was my therapy and that's not to sound dramatic but but it was what I knew and and the similarities between running actually and mental health the more I think about it you know there are so many similarities there and 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 things that we know as runners you can apply to your mental health like always you know always pushing forward or in, in a race dig deep you know stay in the mile you're in in the same way as you know stay in the day you're in don't be worrying about tomorrow when when you're still on today you know pain is temporary uh one bad race doesn't make you a bad runner in the same way as a bad day doesn't mean you're a bad person or you're going to have another bad day so it's been really interesting and you ran before you were diagnosed i understand mark i've always run and, and that was difficult as well because when you're diagnosed rightfully so Uh, the counselors talk about physical exercise and good diet, and and they do help with your mental health, definitely. Basically, it's self. Self-care and looking after yourself. But that was quite difficult for me because I wanted to sort of put my hand up and say, well, I've run 30 miles this week already. Um, and that worried me and made me more anxious because I thought, oh gosh, I've already ticked that box. I've al- I already run, I already exercise, I already eat well. You know, so what can I do? But but it takes time. And I'd and, say and to anyone that's listening, you know, if you are struggling, give yourself that time, allow yourself that time. As I say to people, it took me 43 years to struggle with my mental health. So, it's going to take a long time for you to feel better again. So, so it's not to rush it. I mean, I'm a bit of a sponge person anyway. So, I took on as much information as I could. I, I, I did every. I was very compliant. I did everything that was, you know, what I was told to do. I wanted to get better. I had a desire to get better. Um, and I know people aren't always in the, mind, the right mindset for that. But, but for me, it was the running that. I turned to I guess in a way and that was my comfort zone and that's what helped me and it doesn't have to be running of course it doesn't you might play badminton it might be uh, a sewing group you know whatever it is um, it's about finding something that helps you and I, and I think within those groups and we'll talk about run talk run of course um, I think again community groups clubs you know we even the workplace now we all have a responsibility now to be um, mindful of people's mental health and, and ways in which we can help that
0: I saw in one of your videos you touched on, you used the phrase being better equipped to, to deal with things. C- can you explain that a little bit more? What, does, that, does that make you feel more empowered now that you are able, if, 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 things, if you find that things are potentially slipping again, do you feel better prepared? It does.
1: And, and, and lockdown sort of highlighted it for me because in many respects, I was prepared for lockdown because the feelings of isolation, not being able to go out, um, not having social interaction. When you have a mental illness, there are many of the, of the um, symptoms that you face on a daily basis and the feelings that you have. So I felt like I was better equipped to deal with them. A lot of it is about self-care and putting yourself first. And, and I remember doing a course and, and the lady saying, you are the most important person. If you are struggling, you are the most important person. Now that's very easy to say and not very easy to do, but actually step back from that you are the most important person because if you're not well, then how can you be a good father, mother, sister, parent, friend to somebody else? Absolutely. So, and it's not about self being selfish. It's about putting yourself first. And actually, we all need to learn from that um, because you are the most important person. I'm the most important person, Jake. And and that's hard to learn, um, but actually, it's very, very true. So, so. Yes, it, you get you have the tools to help you. Self-care is really important, knowing the signs, learning to say no, uh, not feeling guilty if you if you choose not to go somewhere. Um, and they're hard things to deal with sometimes, and I think probably my age and and and, and the point I am, am in my life now, I feel better. and and find those things more easy to do.
0: Taking care of yourself, you're better equipped and placed to help others, which is exactly what you're doing. So that's not selfish at all, is it? And I presume you must have developed some sort of, not only the toolkit you talk about, but you must have developed some sort of thicker skin bit or resilience. I mean, if, if you go back to running, you provide the body with physical stress, it has to adapt and change. You become better prepared to deal with that stress the next time you're subjected to it. Do you find that you are a little bit more resilient as well? Or do you just feel that actually You've got the tools at your disposal to to help the situation.
1: I think it's looking for the signs. I think it's no, looking for the signs and knowing the signs. So I, if I feel anxious about something, then there might be a breathing technique that I'll use to help with that. Or I I try and use memory a lot. And again, I go back to running. You know, I think about you know when I run a half marathon. And 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 enough, I saw a really great graphic this morning, which was a half marathon in emojis. And essentially, you know, you start off happy with a happy face, and by kind of eight miles, or for me, it's usually 10 or 11 miles, you're really struggling and thinking, I want to stop. Why I have seen why that. On earth, why on earth am I doing this? But the last half marathon I ran, which was back in March, actually just before lockdown, I got to that point and it, and it was the, the London half. So I'd come across Tower Bridge and I was at about 10 miles. And I thought, this is terrible. I feel terrible. <laughs> I want to stop. I've run too fast. Where can I stop? And then I thought to myself, hold on a minute. You've been here before. You're going to be here again, invariably. Remember how you feel. Remember how you feel at 10 and 11 miles. So I've got that now. I've taken that. And of course, I finished the race and everything was fine. And and I ran quite a good time. I was happy with it. Um, And I will take that memory for my next race when I'm in that position. And I think the same is for your mental health. Remember how you felt. Tomorrow is a new day. Four o'clock is a new hour it's a day at a time it's an hour at a time and 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 it's and it's just using those techniques and applying them to your everyday life and looking for the signs so so if i feel that something isn't going to be good for me anymore i won't do it i'm trying not to overthink things i'm trying not to worry too much about things i run a business through lockdown it's not been easy but again i'm trying not to think too far ahead You know, it's a bit like, to use another running analogy, stay in the mile you're in. Mm. Don't be worrying about mile 15 when you're only at mile eight.
0: Yeah, just just fantastic, isn't it, that stuff? I completely agree. Now, moving on to getting others to talk. Come on, my friend, what are we going to do here? I'm, I'm willing to help you. Let's go for it. Why do you think it is so difficult for people to talk about mental health and if they feel that they are struggling is it because it's just a difficult thing to talk about the stigma that still is surrounds it or do you think there's an element of them almost not denial but kind of in that un- uncertain stage of well actually am i am i struggling or am i not struggling is it just a bad day am i just having yeah. a bad moment
1: I think it's probably a combination of both. I th- look, I think the stigma surrounding mental health needs to change, definitely. If you notice a change in someone's behaviour, and, 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 and we spoke about this off-air before, so, for example, during lockdown we were having... um I was having a drink with the lads that I run with on a Friday night. It was lockdown, lockdown arms, nine o'clock on a Friday, we'd have a pint. And very quickly, so once a week we'd meet up and, uh, you know, how's your week been, et cetera, et cetera. But, but we noticed that one of the lads was sort of not going out running, withdrawing from the world, and that's why I say changes in behaviour. So it was very apparent mm. there was a change in his behaviour, wasn't really getting involved with the conversation. So we sort of spoke aside from, from lockdown arms and... Uh, and said, "Look, let's just look out for him." By about week four of lockdown, arms we were actually opening up and asking each other not just how are you, how's your week been, how you, how are you feeling, how's your mental health? And actually, the more we ask questions like that, and it's not easy, and, and you know, and I understand that I, I'm a champion of mental health, and I and I very much instigate that process, but the more it becomes rhetoric and part of our conversation and what we do in the same way as you'd say how's your headache or you know how's your physical health i know we don't ask that but but we generally speaking we're willingly especially as runners mm. tell other runners about it you know every everything that's wrong with us you're on the
0: money aren't you the first thing you talk about is i've got this injury how's you running oh this problem that problem but actually yes. that's
1: all physical stuff isn't it and interestingly the day i got diagnosed with depression and anxiety i actually did a race that night and and I don't know how I got myself there. Well, I know I got myself there. I got the train because I knew I, I wasn't in the right frame of mind to, to drive. And uh, a lad that I know from another club I used to run with, I saw him at the start. I didn't I didn't want to talk to anybody, so I sort of kept my distance. But he said to me, Oh, oh, I'm not racing tonight, I've got a bit of a head cold. And I said, you know, we like to justify it as runners, don't we? I said, Oh, I'm not racing tonight. And then I stopped. <laughs> and there lies the stigma. Because I should have been able to say, and probably now I would say I'm struggling a bit with my mental health or my head's not in the right place, however you want to dress it up. But there lies the stigma. So it's okay for him to say he's got a head cold, but actually it's not okay for me to say, by the way, John, I've just been diagnosed with depression and anxiety, so I'm I'm not racing either. So there lies the stigma, and that's what we need to change. So by... Talking about it by me talking on Instagram openly and candidly. And, you know, and I've always been a heart on my sleeve kind of guy. (laughs) Anyway, um, If that helps one person to start talking or begin talking or to take that first step, that biggest step that we've already spoken about, then that's enough for me. You talk about um,
0: how you're, you've are you said a few times in this chat that you're better equipped and you are hot on the sleeve, which which we know, we spoke about this uh, outside of the show, and even though we've hardly spoken at all, we sort of, we're both hot on the sleeve, so we kind of just <laughs> like, hit it off straight away. But do you think it takes people like you to get the ball rolling, though? We need people like you to do that, because it's not easy, as we know, to, for people to come out of their shell. But if they see enough of people like you on a podcast like this, on your own Instagram channel, shouting and putting your self out there and saying, this is my experience, this is what happened to me, and this is how I think you can uh, benefit from it and learn from it. It it must be even more important to uh, try to encourage people to open up, rather than for people like ourselves, and particularly people like you that are uh, mental health first aiders, to, to spot the signs. Because actually depression can be hard to see. It doesn't always have a face. I mean, if, if I can be honest with you, Mike, I look at your Instagram and for anybody that didn't know, and we've we've barely spoken, you're a good looking guy, you're in good shape, I speak to you on the phone, you come across really well, you're clearly smart, you're passionate. It doesn't always present itself. That must be quite
1: a challenge. Of course it is. And, and, and that's a really important point because just because someone is smiling, it doesn't mean they're in pain, you know. And I include myself in that mm. because, you know you've just alluded to it but you can go to work and be happy and smiling all day but actually you can go home and be crippled with anxiety so so there's a learn for us all because i think as as a as a society we are very judgmental but nobody knows what's going on in someone's life so i think it's really important as people as human beings that we show compassion and kindness to each other because you don't know what's going on in somebody's life and and that's where we, the people that are closest to us, the people that are around us, the people that we come into contact with on a daily basis, look out for each other. Let's look out for each other because you may just spot the sign. You may just make the difference. You may just be the difference for that person because ultimately, you know, and, and, and the suicide rates are terrible um, and, and are really high and have been through lockdown as well. And particularly for men, suicide rates for men um particularly of my age group, actually, from age 40 to 49, are high. And we mustn't get to that point. We must not get to that point. And that makes me really sad for someone that was in that position and thought about it um, because you don't feel there's any alternative at that point, at that time. We all need to work as a society to help change that.
0: And if you're listening to this show and you are somebody that wants to feel uh, the rece- be on the receiving end of compassion and kindness, or if you know somebody that does, then, Mark, Run Talk Run is the place to go, isn't it? This is, uh, we meet up free from judgment or competition. We know that runners can put huge amounts of pressure on themselves. That, that's not what these meetings are about. For those people no. that don't know, tell me a bit more about Run Talk Run. How does it work? Because it's massive.
1: So Run Talk Run is a, it's a group I stumbled across, actually, on Instagram. Mm. And, and, and it would have been a group for me... During that period, I spoke about so when you're first diagnosed, you know, waiting for the the, the medication to kick in and or counselling, um, and I love it. I'm a run talk run leader for Southampton, and and really we are a peer support group. We're a community support group um, that make running and mental health support less intimidating and more accessible, and the conversations around mental health. So so we run a five kilometre route every week. So we meet weekly. At the slowest person's pace, and I and I can't reiterate that enough. You know, I mean, it's quite unusual, isn't it, for a running group um, to be less about the running and more about the time? Yeah, it's a, it's
0: a byproduct, isn't it? It's an aside, but I think that's just so important
1: with with what the focus it, is. Absolutely, and it works because we're there. So I'm not a run leader. I'm not qualified at all. You don't have to be a counsellor. We're not there to give advice. We're there to support and listen. Um, and it's really about peer support and community. And and running just nicely facilitates that. And 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 of course, I love it because of the running part. Of course, I do. But as you can hear, I'm I'm also good at talking. <laughs> um, so so the two things, you know, it was just the perfect marriage for me. So um, so yeah. So uh, run talk run started with uh, the founder Jessica back in October 2017. And she'd had a similar route really to me. She'd struggled as a teenager with various mental health issues. And then she moved to London and and obviously London is a big city and can be very isolating, particularly for a single person as we've spoken about. But um, she set up a group because she used to go home and visit her mum at the weekend. She was struggling with anxiety and depression and she used to go for a run with her mum. And she very quickly realized that actually it was the running that was helping her open up, talk more, feel better. So she set up a running group in London, in the centre of London, via Instagram. I think it was the first two weeks nobody came. So she was a bit concerned about that because she said, actually, it's not having a good impact on my mental health and my anxiety, the fact that nobody's Mm. coming. So she wondered why that was. So very quickly, she realised maybe it's uh, that people can't leave their bags anywhere. So she arranged a bag drop. She uh, had six runners the second week. And so it went on. Uh, This thing got seen by somebody in Peterborough who contacted Jess and just said, look, I love the idea. I'd really like to set up a group in my hometown of Peterborough. Can I do that? Yes, of course you can. So that was October 2017, two runs, one mission, two leaders. I think as of January this year, and our our figures are a bit dated because of lockdown, so I think January this year, there were uh, 88 runs globally, 110 leaders, but obviously the same mission, which is about making mental health support more accessible for people. And like I say, running is a fantastic vehicle for that. So you're getting the physical benefits, the physical health, but you're getting the support for your mental health. And 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 I just love it. And 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 it's all over the country, all over the UK. So you can look on runtalkrun.com. But but what but what I love about it, and I'd like to share it with you. If you, if you please, don't mind, no, go for so, it. Um, so I read something out at the, at the beginning of every right. run, and it just sort of perfectly encapsulates what I want to say about yeah. Run Talk Run. So uh, this is what I read to the runners, which, which just sums it up nicely. We are so much more than running. We are supporting. We are cheerleading. We are listening. We are talking. We are just being with each other, no matter what being looks like for you. Whether you're feeling sad, a bit meh, happy, anxious, indifferent, joyous, energetic, confused, lost. We understand. We get it. We're here for you if you want to talk about it, and we're here for you if you don't want to talk about it.
0: That's just encapsulates everything, doesn't it? So to recap, Mark, if people want to find out more about Run Talk Run, obviously you're a leader for Southampton, uh, but they can yes. go to the website. You guys are on Instagram well, as well.
1: So Instagram, Facebook, and the website, runtalkrun.com.
0: Awesome. I'm not sure people listening to this show will, will... I'm not sure whether they'll think you're passionate enough about this whole uh, mental health thing, to be honest, <laughs> Mark. I'm not sure it came across very well, but we'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. And, okay. of course, if you want okay. to follow Mark, he's on Instagram as well. It's run4mh, so run for mh which we'll link on the show notes page, which is runningwithjake.com, blah, 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 blah forward slash... Podcast, which of course stands for Run for Mental Health. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Listen, you have a great rest of the day, and please make sure we catch up soon. Will do. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast and follow us on social media. If you have a burning running related question then it's hashtag ask jake and it is no coincidence that i have chosen a holiday related running question for today's show uh, and this comes from kerry who has booked a last minute trip to the mediterranean she's looking to get some sun but she also wants to continue her training for the virtual edition of the London Marathon. Have I got any tips? I'm going to give you three tips, Kerry. I think the first tip that springs to mind, very important is make sure you take the appropriate clothing with you. So taking sunglasses, a comfortable hat, some visor, making sure you've got light coloured clothing. It sounds really obvious, but it can be very easy just to throw things in last minute and then you find that you get away and you've not got the best choice of clothing with you. You want to make sure you wear light colours because obviously dark colours will attract the heat. The second tip for you is I would shelve all expectations of training. So if you are following a plan, which I imagine you are for your virtual London Marathon, uh, I think it's important that you've got to expect that that will not go to plan once you're out there in the Mediterranean, if it's particularly hot of course. So base your running sessions on how you feel rather than what you feel you should do and don't be afraid to stay safe and scale things back. After all, it is a holiday. And the third tip for you, I would consider taking with you a tube of electrolytes. These are simply just a tube of uh, dissolvable tablets that you pop in your water. But actually, if you're going somewhere hot, it's not just the hydration that you need to focus on. It's also the salts and minerals that you lose through sweating. So I would really think about replacing those, which is exactly what electrolytes do. I hope that helps. Have a great time. Don't put yourself under too much pressure and send us a postcard. Actually, do people still send postcards in 2020? I don't think so. If you've got a question, it's hashtag Ask Jake. That brings us to the end of the Running With Jake podcast holiday special. I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's episode. Don't forget, we will be back here next week for your weekly dose of running motivation. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, the first thing I will be doing when I'm back from Kefalonia, I won't be unpacking the suitcase. The first thing I'll be doing is checking if we've had any more ratings and reviews. So please do take a moment in your busy schedule just to rate review the show we'd really appreciate that right time for me to get my brown ass back in the water have a great week oh and one more thing wherever life may take you be sure to have a shell in your pocket and sand in your shoes or in my case in my ass and on next week's episode of running with jake Run across Oz Lockdown Edition.
1: That's a little mental thing that I've had to cope with. I have the, the good cop and the bad cop sitting on my shoulder, one on either side. One saying, You're doing this okay, you're doing it to the best ability. The other one saying, Well, you're not doing exactly what you said you were going to do.
0: Running with Jake, the podcast. That's a wrap.